Consider blindness. Some blindness comes about by a malformation and those people cannot see. They cannot see anything. The word sight and vision to them are a mystery. Others who are blind see some things, but really only as shadows. Some have seen in the past and lost their vision, and now vision is really only a memory, a fading memory. Some do not know what they do not see. Anybody in here colorblind? Where reds and greens are not so much distinguishable. Now I can have everybody close your eyes and pretend. We could pretend that we are blind. We could make make that a, a game, a child's game. To pretend that we are blind, but really, you know what it is to see. And most kids, when they are pretending to close their eyes, really aren't closing their eyes anyway. They can still see. Within Scripture, the reality of physical blindness is a metaphor for the reality of spiritual blindness. Most of us who sit here today consider ourselves Christians. Most who sit in pews and chairs in churches across the country do so as well. And as such, most would say that they worship God in spirit and in truth. Most would claim to see, and they would claim to have a clarity about the events that are happening in the world around them. But why? Why do they boast of this clarity? Do they really see? Do we really see? And how is it that we see? How is it that you see? And how is it that you know? When we get right down to it, blindness is the spiritual state of man. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul says, those who are perishing, those who do not respond to the gospel call, have had their minds blinded by the God of this world. Satan. Satan has a hand in spiritual blindness. But 1 John chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, state that our hatred for our fellow man leaves us in darkness a darkness that blinds our eyes from seeing the truth, from seeing the light. But in John chapter 12, which I read to start our worship service, we also hear that God has blinded men, that they not repent. God has blinded men so that they cannot repent. Why? Because they have loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So this blindness really is a natural spiritual state in a fallen world. Now, we've just barely dipped our toes in the new year here. When you look to the newspapers, you see our nation is splitting. But who's right? 
we see that denominations, even right now, one of the major denominations in our nation, actually in the world, is on the cusp of splitting. And people will say it's over LGBTQ issues. It's not. It's over this. Who's right? Families are splitting. Well, what's a family anyway? Who's to say? Who's right? How do we know? Only God's word can provide us the eye examination to determine if we truly see as we ought to see. And today we're going to look at three blind men and consider their blindness. We are going to consider how they came to see and what their response was from there. And then where do we go from there? Let's pray together. Father, oh God, open our eyes that we might see if there be any wicked way in us, oh, that you would root it out that we might confess it. That we might hear you clearly, see you clearly, that we might honor you as we take in your word. Guard our hearts and minds here this morning. Be high and lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. First gentleman we're going to look at is in John chapter 9, the first blind man, and it is the man born blind. This guy is nameless. We don't get his name anywhere in this. Kind of, a, kind of an, odd, an oddity. Chapter 9 and verse 1, as he, Jesus, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So what do we know about this guy? He is reduced to a life of begging. That was the way. He could do nothing else. He, he couldn't work. He, why? Because he couldn't see. He's been blind since birth. And so he had to beg. And so he was out begging. So did he want to see? We don't know. Does he comprehend blindness? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Perhaps he'd simply resigned himself to this was his lot in life. Eh. He'd known nothing else. But really, oftentimes, this is the state of fallen man. I'm blind. And, you know, perhaps I'm content in not knowing if there's a God. Eh. Just trucking along with life. Life's pretty good. That's okay. Got a wallet. Got food in my refrigerator. Perhaps I don't comprehend the magnitude of what it means to see. 
know, perhaps the one who is lost has no idea of what the glories are to be found in Jesus Christ. Perhaps the blind man, perhaps the spiritually blind man, has no way of knowing that there's a possibility to see. And here's a scary truth from God's Word. And that's that people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds are evil. I don't want to see. I like it here. Ooh. Anybody ever walked out of a house in the wintertime where it snows and there's a heavy new fallen snow and the sun is just coming up and you walk outside and it hurts. It's, oh, it is so bright that it hurts. And you might go, I don't want that. I prefer my darkness. So here's this guy, he's begging. Which begs the question, why does God do this incredible work of healing on this man? Did the man seek it? Nope. Didn't seek it. Didn't seek it out at all. Jesus says in verse 3 that the works of God might be displayed. That God might be glorified in this man's life. Ultimately, the restored sight of this man is going to lead to something bigger and greater. And that is the man's recognition of who is before him. It's going to lead to a restored relationship. His restored sight is going to lead to a restored relationship and therein is the greatest thing because God is glorified in this the one who has gone out to seek a lost sheep. Apart from the opening of the eyes, man cannot know his creator. I mean that spiritually. Apart from the opening of our spiritual eyes, man cannot know his creator. When his eyes are opened, the man can now know and love and enjoy and see his creator. And we'll see this unfold later. But so what did the man do to bring about his, his, his healing? He didn't do anything. He didn't desire it, apparently. He didn't seek after it, apparently. He has no clue that it's even a possibility. It is utterly, completely, totally an act of God's grace. The Word of God, the living Word of God came to him. The Word of God touched him, mushed mud into his eyes, and healed him. Man number one. You can put a bookmark in there. We're coming back to it. Jump over to Mark chapter 10. We'll look at blind man number two, Bartimaeus. This guy's got a name. Whenever you see bar in front of a name, it means son of. Simon Bar-Jonas, 
Simon, son of John. Bartimaeus is the son of Timaeus, and it actually tells you that in the passage. Verse 46 of Mark chapter 10. They came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So what's Bartimaeus doing? He's a blind beggar, just like the other guy. Same backstory. It's all he can do in life. But Bartimaeus is altogether different than the man in John chapter 9. Bartimaeus knows about this Jesus. Now, as you read through Scripture, time and time again, you see that as Jesus approaches a place, word of him has gotten out to the people. And so crowds gather. And so it is very likely that Bartimaeus has heard of this Jesus, this miracle worker. And somehow, some way, Bartimaeus has an inclination of what it means to see. Understands his blindness. So, Bartimaeus knows of this Jesus. He knows of his blindness. He understands that he is broken. And he desires wholeness. This gives Bartimaeus a hope. How great a hope? He makes an abject fool of himself. You know, imagine a, a procession or a meeting of very dignified people and somebody jumps up in the middle of the crowd and goes, Hey, Bob! Hey, Bob! And you go, Dude, sit down, shut up. Awkward. Awkward. The more you tell him to sit down and be quiet, he's jumping up more and going, Hey, Bob! To the speaker. Bartimaeus didn't care. He didn't care. He made a fool out of himself because here was his hope to see. Now, I would contend in this passage that Bartimaeus already sees. He understands his need. And he understands the one who can bring this wholeness. All that's left to do is the meeting. This man is ripe for the gospel. And I would contend God has already moved in his heart to recognize and understand who the Savior is. That he would make such a putz out of himself to see him, to be with him. Continuing in the story, Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. Throwing off his cloak, he sprang up 
Okay, again, this, he's, he's still in all of his giddiness. And came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. What did Jesus do to heal him? He spoke. No mud, no spit, no rubbing, no go washing. He spoke. Your faith has made you well. You're already seeing, dude. Here. Now, now you can see fully and completely and clearly. God opens the eyes of the blind man. Now, some don't know what they don't know, like the man in John chapter 9. They aren't seeing it. They don't even want it. And still God lavishes his grace on them. And they now see. There are some people that God has already worked in. And that step into the kingdom of God is a very small step and encounter with Jesus Christ. In both cases, neither one did anything to earn or merit this salvation. It is a mind-blowing grace. Now the response of these two men, go back to John chapter 9. What is the man born blind? We should really give him a name just for ease, but the man in John chapter 9, he will be. Initially, he didn't understand who this was, who did this thing to him. He comes to know somehow, some way, that his name is Jesus. We see that in verse 11. He answered, you know, how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and, say, and said, go to Siloam and wash. So, you had no idea who Jesus was. Down in verse 17, he goes, well, he's a prophet. I'm, I mean, who does this kind of thing? This is like unheard of completely. So he didn't know him initially. But when he was asked, still before knowing who Jesus is fully, he testifies, his eyes are now opened, and he testifies to the truth. The Pharisees don't like what has happened. We'll get back to them shortly. And so they begin to cross-examine him, going so far as to declaring Jesus Christ a sinner. To which the man born blind in verse 25 responds, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. He testifies to what he knows. It's a very small thing. The Pharisees continue to press him, continue to malign Jesus. At the very end of his meeting with them, in verse 32, the, the man born blind finally goes, I've had enough. He says, never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So this man born blind, oh, he, although he knows very little about Jesus Christ, he understands the cosmos. This is not a thing that happens every day. Therefore, it has to be from God. 
This, this isn't just a thing. He testifies to the truth. When Jesus reveal, reveals himself to him, and that's what Danae read earlier, verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out of the synagogue, out of the temple, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? The guy still has no clue. He answered, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And what did he do? He worshiped him. Throughout Scripture, other beings are worshipped. Men are worshipped. Paul and Barnabas, and they go, no, no, we're just men. Don't be doing that. When the angel has fallen before, bowed down to, the angel goes, get up. I am merely a servant. Only God receives worship. And we see right here the man born blind doing what is natural to do. The natural response of one who now sees. He testifies to the truth and he worships. Bartimaeus, a very simple statement. Immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. The man born blind testifies, worships. Bartimaeus follows him. It's a very easy thing for us to say, oh, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to follow after the Lord. I'm going to obey the Lord. It is a wholly different thing to actually physically follow him. Now, consider what these men did not do. If you have been blind your entire life and your eyes are now opened, would it not be a natural thing to start scouring the land and looking at all of the things you've never seen before? Oh, oh, Israel's beautiful. The beauty and the majesty and the wonder of, of that geography, the hills and the valleys and the rivers and the mountains, So they didn't start looking around. The other thing they didn't do is they didn't start a speaking tour. Of Let me tell you what it was like to be blind my entire life and now I see. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. No, those, those are all things that point away from the one who has given this majestic gift to them. Is a speaking to her wrong? No. Is beholding God's glory and beauty wrong? No. Absolutely not. But what is the best thing? Here is the one who did it. Here is the living God who took my blind eyes and opened them and they followed hard after him. He changed their life. They testified they worshiped, they followed and adored the one who gave them eyes to see. The third man is actually men. It's the Pharisees. And we'll look at their example in John chapter 9. Um, the Pharisees are, are maligned in Scripture. Not all Pharisees were godless men. There are some Pharisees who did follow after Jesus Christ. But as a group, 
as a group together, Christ indicts them and indicts them hard. He hits them hard and speaks against them with harsh words. Matthew chapter 23 is a scathing rebuke against the Pharisees and the scribes. And five times within that chapter, Jesus Christ refers to them as blind. They are blind guides. He says that twice. He calls them blind fools. He calls them blind men and blind Pharisees. This whole idea of this spiritual blindness is the stuff of parables where if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a pit. It is, a, it is a sad thing to look at the Pharisees' response to this man who was born blind who can now see. In verse 16 of John chapter 9, some of the Pharisees, Pharisees said, this man is not from God for he does not keep the Sabbath. The big deal to them was Sabbath keeping. And to heal a man of blindness on the Sabbath? Are you missing the boat? They had problems that it was a Sabbath. When they brought his parents to cross-examine, they gave, the parents gave the Pharisees no satisfaction. When he calls, when they called the man born blind and malign Christ and slander him as a sinner. You step back and you wonder, what have you people missed? Were the miracles going on all around them? Did they hear of the miracles being testified over and over again? Surely they did. How can you miss it? How can you hear the truth and hear the truth and hear the truth and go, Puh, poppycock. Apart from a spiritual blindness. They could not see and John convicts them all because they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. At the end of John chapter 9, in verse 39, Jesus declares a paradox. That the blind are actually the ones who see and the seeing are actually the ones who are blind. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. And so the Pharisees, they hear this and scoff. Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. The two blind men saw clearly. The Pharisees thought they did and did not. 
They think they are right with God, but they are not. They think they comprehend God's word, and they do not. They think they are doing God's work, and they are not. The warning of Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 is, is terrifying. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. We see, we see. Jesus says, no, you don't. If we desire, if we desire to see things with total clarity, we must trust the one who, who sees with utter clarity. Do we see as he sees? We must let him examine our eyes. We must hear what he says about our vision. And we must trust that things are the way that he declares them to be. So what is the difference then between these three Individuals, well, actually, between the two groups. Bartimaeus knew he was blind and desired sight. The man in John 9 knew he was blind and really had no idea what was going to come after that. He was just content in his blindness. But both knew very plainly they were blind. The Pharisees think they see and do not fathom their blindness. So, where does that leave us? Again, we're sitting in the church, so we think we see. But let's first address the one who does not know the living God. Or, the one who does not have assurance of their relationship with the living God. Do you have an eager heart like Bartimaeus or are you like the blind man in John 9? Indifferent. If you're indifferent, stop. The way of salvation is made known to you. The way of salvation is here. Seek after it. Do not remain in your ignorance and blindness. Be like Bartimaeus, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the saint who doesn't have assurance, whatever it takes. Jesus, whatever it takes. Do what he asks of you. Worship. Bask in his glory. For those who are assured of their salvation, believers who see, we must not I cannot grow complacent in my relationship with God. I cannot grow complacent that I see. I must persevere. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he told them they did not need their whole bodies cleansed. For us, it may be that we need to spend more time with the optometrist, the living God. I mean, how radically different is it when you put on a new prescription and you go, oh, I can see the leaves again. Crazy. Who knew that?
that I was walking around half blind with my bad prescription. As a believer, only the Word of God, only the fellowship of the church, only the proclamation of God's Word, only steeping and stewing in meditation upon God's Word is going to give us this clear sight. We must constantly be refocusing based on Christ's Word to us. Blindness sets in little by little. And if I spend time away from God's Word, it may be happening just at that time. I don't want to catch a glimpse of the living God. I want to see it all. Even here, even now, in this realm, under the sun, I want as much of Jesus as I can have. It is all that matters. It is the thing that properly orients everything else. If your eyes have been opened, follow Him. If your eyes have been opened, plead with Him. Feed on Him. Think on Him. And let Him fill your every moment that you might step with clear eyes into 2020. Let's pray. Oh, God, God who heals, the one who opens the eyes of the blind, the one who unstops the ears of the deaf, we bow before you. And thank you, God, that we see and we hear. We can see plainly in your word. Your word has been opened to us. Let us with the zeal of Bartimaeus follow hard after you. Let us worship you like the man born blind. Let us testify as we go from this place to why we see and what we have seen. Father, we beg and plead that you would continue to build your church for your glory until the taking home one day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.